It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Alright, all of you D-Heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and welcome back from spring break. Yes, over the last few weeks, many people have been on spring break. In fact, we took spring break last week here at the show, but we are back, and it is the week of April 16th, 2015 for show number 107. And to kick things off right back after spring break, we have all kinds of fun, as we're going to go into the future and a little bit into the past, as this week we're going to be going into the future with an all-new clothing line that is inspired by one of Disney's iconic legends in Mary Blair with the magic of the Mary Blair collection. And this week we have none other than the art director, the creative director, and the person behind the Mary Blair collection, none other than Micheline Pitt. Now she is the person that is behind this collection, the inspiration, the one that's worked with the Mary Blair family, and many other things. She's also a former animator and many other goodies on the horizon. She's going to talk about Dapper Day, being at the Disneyland parks, the Mary Blair collection, the patterns, and this iconic Disney legend. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, the show is always comprised of our D-Team, and they are back, well-rested, and back after spring break. And you have questions, and he has answers. And Aaron's going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resorts with WDW2 with our very own Caitlin. And we're going to take a look back at what just happened this week in Disney history with Nathan. There's also Jason back as he's going to dig deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD to add your collection or maybe something different since we're hitting up one of Walt Disney's iconic legends in Mary Blair. And no show would be complete without some music and we have Paige back with a magical music review and Disney Multimedia. Yes, Multimedia is part of our everyday lives and we have Randy back with the latest from Disney Multimedia. There's tons of news hot off the D-Wire. So many things happening within the Walt Disney Company, the Disney Channel, Disneyland, the parks, the Diamond Celebration, movies, Blu-rays, and so much more. So there's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire. So all of you D-Heads, as you can tell, I am excited. I'm talking really fast. I've had two weeks to rest. So we're back from spring break, but before we officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. The official sponsor of Diz Radio. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and stay at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and many others and save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation. Check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, as I mentioned, we're going to go into the future. We're going to go into the past. The show is going to be all over the board here this week. So let's officially kick off show number 107 for the week of April 16th, 2015 by venturing off into the future. Be right back, LVD heads.
Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Turns the clock back to the opening day ceremonies of It's a Small World. More than 500 children and old world folk dancers in their native costumes participated in the parade. Dedication ceremonies were attended by consular officials, representatives of the press, and thousands of Disneyland visitors. But the very special guests were children from many nations. Water flown to Disneyland from the major oceans and seas was added to the small world's seven seaways. to the happiest cruise that ever sailed around the world. This is Micheline Pitt, the creative director for The Magic of Mary Blair for PinnacleGirlClothing.com, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hope and a world of fear. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. It's just one moon and one golden sun. And it's smile means friendship to everyone. Though the mountains divide and the oceans wide. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. Down, 
Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VG heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 107 for the week of April 16th, 2015, as we're gearing up for our special guest, Micheline Pitt, the creative director behind the Magic of the Mary Blair Collection from Pinup Girl Clothing. She's going to discuss what it's like working with the Blair family, as well as this iconic Disney legend, her artwork, and so much more. We also have tons from the D team, as they're going to be stopping in with their signature segments. So before I officially kick off this week's show and hot off the D-wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit Visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete archives, our latest news blogs, our lifetime of Disney player, right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand, and one of those should take you directly to us. You can also subscribe to us right there in iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your droid, and more, and listen to the latest shows right there in the palm of your hand through Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you want to interact with us, we have an official Facebook group as well now on Facebook, just the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group. Join up, connect up with us, and talk with us right there. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we're officially jumping into news. Hot off the D-Wire, it is show number 107. But before I get knee-deep into all kinds of Disney news from the D-Wire, and let me tell you, we have a ton of it, and it is jam-packed here this week, let me tell you some more about that future that I mentioned earlier on in the show. As I said, we have a little bit of the past and a little bit of the future here this week, and today, yes, April 16th, to kick it off, 
The Star Wars celebration is officially going on in Anaheim, California, and let me tell you, it has been crazy, just fantastic, and overly the top fan-driven so far. And to get into this, there was a live panel on location that had over 40,000 viewers streaming on this live earlier today. Now, I am going to bring you some of this live stream and some other things that I want to just have some key highlights here because let's face it we're all star wars fans here we love it and i'm going to be bringing you some of these highlights but some of the key moments that i want to talk about is first jj stepping out yes the director the man who helped co-write the script for the force awakens stepped out on the set he stepped out on the stage and he talked about what it was like being on the set shooting on location, being a Star Wars fan himself growing up, and dressing like a Jawa for one Halloween, and connecting with all the Star Wars fans. How he himself is a fan of Star Wars as well. He really did put it out there, and you could see his love for this franchise. Now to top it off, they also had some of the new cast coming out. That's right, they had three of the new cast stop out. Three of the main characters who are going to be really integrated with our beloved classic characters, in The Force Awakens. Now one of the highlights there is when Bodega discussed how he didn't even tell his parents that he was in a Star Wars movie until the trailer came out. He said that he felt that they probably wouldn't believe him and it was too over the top. So when the trailer came out, that's when he finally released it to them that he was going to be in a Star Wars movie. Now we also learned as part of this live panel earlier today is that some of the celebration attendees over the years were so good and so fantastic at building droids and R2 units that they were hired to be droid creators on the set. That is right. We met two individuals in this live panel that went ahead and discussed what it was like how they went from being at Star Wars celebrations, being a fan of Star Wars, to actually working on R2 units and all of the droid heads that you see in the X-Wing fighters. I mean, what kind of story is that from fan to reality in working on a Star Wars film? I mean, that right there is fantastic. Now, we also saw R2 make a presence on stage. He walked around, turned his head, did his typical beeps, and we saw R2, and it was the screen-used R2 unit. But we also met BB-8. Yes, the ball droid that you've seen in the first teaser trailer for Star Wars. And BB-8 made his appearance and came out on stage. Now, you're like, came out on stage? Yes. He is not a CGI prop. That is right. JJ made it very clear that he wanted to have something that was real, tangible, practical effects. So many people involved with this film would be able to react to real things on screen. And BB-8 came out, and let me tell you, it was amazing to watch. He is a real droid. It is a real practical effect and a real working robot. And it was fun to watch him and R2 kind of beep at each other, go back and forth, and they were probably talking in one of their unique kind of ways. Then it was time for the veterans to come out. Yes, we had Anthony, Mark, Peter, and Carrie all step out. And some of the most touching moments I felt personally was they announced Carrie Fisher, they announced Anthony Daniels, and then they announced Peter Mayhew. Yes, Chewbacca himself. And before they even had a chance to bring up Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill was right there helping Peter come out. Because it's no secret for many of us in the Star Wars universe knowing that Peter does have some extended health issues. And he has trouble walking, he's had some health issues in the past, and it was just a touching moment because the announcer right there was like, oh wait, and well, and there's Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill did not care about getting his big, huge introduction on stage. He was more concerned with helping his friend get out there and walk out there on stage. To me, that says light years and wonders to the kind of people that are involved behind this and these veterans who have embraced this film 
over the years that we've all come to love. Now I am talking kind of fast and this was an hour long panel and it was a fantastic panel. There was great things to, that they talked about from shooting on set, exclusive behind the scenes photos, what we can expect later on, um, a lot of great things. Now it was concluded with Anthony Daniels, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew and JJ, as well as the young cast and the people behind it all on stage at once to get a one of those big grand photographs that people want to take of everybody and it really was touching because the fans were so over the top and so overwhelming that Peter was crying right there on stage because it is something special for these people to be part of Star Wars not only for all of us who have these memories of Star Wars growing up and seeing Star Wars in theaters and you know I myself have so many different memories of Star Wars from seeing it in theaters going with my brothers to see Jedi as well as later on taking my wife to go see Star Wars and now I can take my own children to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. I mean, Star Wars has played a big part in many people's lives. Even if you don't like Star Wars, you know Star Wars words. Everybody knows what a Jedi is or the Force, and that just tells you how big Star Wars truly is. So with all that barrage, I'm going to bring you some clips that I pulled right for all of you D-heads from Star Wars celebrations. I'm going to leave you with some of these, including the all-new second teaser from the Star Wars franchise that they did release as well. And let me tell you, this one is fantastic. So I'm going to bring you that second teaser, a lot of clips and highlights that I just talked about from the live panels. So enjoy it. May the force be with you. And I'll be back in a couple of minutes with more Disney news hot off the D-Wire. The director of The Force Awakens, also the co-writer and the producer, J.J. Abrams. The Let's start talking about this movie. I think that's what everybody wants to hear. Um, JJ, you, you're directing this film, you co-wrote it, you produced it. But uh, like me, like a lot of people in this room, you grew up with Star Wars. It was part of your childhood. So how important was it in shaping your life as a kid? Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to all of you who are here. This is overwhelming and uh, incredibly exciting. Um, uh, I'm sure like... Uh, Many of you, the experience I had uh, seeing Star Wars for the first time was mind-blowing. I, uh, I was 11 years old when it came out, and uh, 11 was a great age to have my mind blown. And I'll never forget that feeling of, of seeing a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away fade out, and those words hit the screen with that incredible music, and it was that moment on that just transported me. Um, it was the first time a, a movie made me laugh that way and made me believe in another world that way, and it was really George Lucas's brilliance, not only creating these incredible characters and this amazing universe, but also that it, it, it had such 
heart. And the biggest thing for me is it had such hope. And that to me was incredibly powerful, even 11 years ago. So let's move now from the, from Robet. Oh, we do. We have to bring out one more. One more robot. I'm sorry, I almost wrapped it too soon. <laughs> Giving short shrift to one of the new droids of the Star Wars universe. Please welcome BB-8. So, uh, just say a couple words about BB-8. Um, this could get ugly. Um, is there a little rivalry between them? So BB-8 was uh, a creature that was performed. We, you know, we talked originally. About, could you guys keep it down? We talked originally about how to do this, how to best, uh, you know, have BB-8 in the in the film. And there were a lot of discussions about how having a CG BB-8 would be so much easier uh, for shooting. But we also knew it would be better for the film, for the actors, for the sets, for the look of it, if it were performed. And Neil Scanlon and his uh, unbelievable team you saw earlier in the picture uh, built and puppeteered BB-8 in the movie, did an extraordinary job, and uh, it was better for the actors, it was better for the, the film itself. So you'll see their work, it's amazing. say that uh, Bob Iger, who's the chairman of the Walt Disney Company, is sitting out in the audience, and he's the one that found the company that helped us discover the technology of what you're seeing right now, because the we now have BB-8 operating on his own, thanks to Bob. And that leads us to John Boyega. And yes. Finn. So Finn, Finn is the first character we see in this, in the Force Awakens. He was the first face that appeared in that teaser trailer last November. You're John. He's in a he's in a stormtrooper uniform, but people are wondering: Is he in disguise? Is he an actual stormtrooper? So tell us, how do we meet Finn in this movie? Well, first of all, Star Wars celebration. What's up? What? Insane to do that so we find Finn um, he's in incredible danger and the way in which he decides to react to this danger um, changes his life number one and launches him into the Star Wars universe in a very unique way uh, so I can't wait for you guys to see it and he and he is a stormtrooper right you can confirm that <laughs> he is he is a stormtrooper but <laughs> But John, everybody knows stormtroopers are bad guys. So are you a bad guy or a good guy in this movie? My memory's just gone. I, I, yeah. no, no, no recall? All right. We'll come back to it some other time. To grow up with Star Wars and now be a part of Star Wars. So John, I'm going to throw this to you. Oh my gosh. So I can't tell you how many times I've paid the games of Star Wars on my PS3. Honestly. Guys, Force Unleashed 1, Force Unleashed 2, come on. So obviously as a fan coming on set, I obviously freak out a bit seeing Harrison Ford stood right in front of you. 
but at the same time, you do get, you know, cast members to sign your merchandise after a wrap. <laughs> Which is... Uh... John signed his own figurine, everyone. Yeah. The whole cast. The whole cast. Was there a particular favorite piece of merchandise that you were like, I got to get this if nothing else signed? So I had a Han Solo in Stormtrooper gear and it was like this big. And uh, I went over to Harrison and said, can you sign my door? And he was like, this is weird. (laughs) But I'll sign it for you. And I got it signed on set. That's how you do it. They look great, right? 30 years changes the outfit a little bit. Um, But there are some other folks who are here, people you know, people you love. We're going to bring them out, too. So please welcome, you know him as C-3PO, Anthony Daniels. Welcome, Princess Diplomat, Freedom Fighter, Princess Leia, Perry Fisher. Why don't you break out, why don't you break out your, your Wookiee roar again for the man who co-pilots the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca himself, Peter Mayhew. And Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. But as for the past, I've got to say thank you for your, your kindness, your support, your affection for the whole project, and especially, in my case, for a character that I am very, very fond of, a character who has just become a hashtag, CP3O Human Cyborg Relations. Peter Mayhew, the man who brings such soulfulness to Chewbacca. Uh, you, how does it feel to return to that furry suit? It's kind of nice to get back into furry suit because I can go anywhere in the world and still be comfortable. And also the mere fact that I wouldn't have been associated with these guys if I didn't have the walking carpet, as a certain young lady calls me. So it's been great. You guys are what this is all about, and we are there. We're going to enjoy it, and I hope everybody else does. It should be great to enjoy it. Uh, I hope you notice he, he's taller than I am sitting down. I've always resented that. But I'm shorter than everyone standing up. <laughs> And cuter. Thank goodness. We're all proportionately cast. So, so Carrie, he puts on the fur. I'm wondering, uh, 
Princess Leia was always very fashion forward. Are we going to see any return to those classic hair buns from the original movie this time around? The buns are, you know, they're tired now. So we're probably not going to have the futuristic buns. But I think we have an alternate thing that you'll be very into, which is not the metal bikini. <laughs> I promise. I promise. How do you feel about expanding the world to include more girl power. You were the only woman in the original Star Wars films, and now there are so many others joining the cast. Well, it's good yeah, to have sisterhood a little help, of Star Wars. But I like, you know, being the only one when I was 19, and, and that was possible. But now I need some backup. <laughs> I love you. Now, Mark Hamill. See you later. Mark Hamill, you've lived with Luke Skywalker for a long time. What, what do you want to say to the fans? What can you tell us about returning as Luke Skywalker? Well, I remember George called the original film the most expensive low-budget movie ever made. And I remember saying to him, I, no, I think this is a winner. I think we're going to outgross Planet of the Apes. That's the Charlton Heston Planet of the Apes, by the way. No, I really just have a simple message, not just to all of you in this room, but to people watching us around the globe, and that's a simple thank you, because if it weren't for the UPFs, ultra-passionate fans, we wouldn't be here. And it never ceases to amaze me, and I'm so grateful for your support, your enthusiasm, and, yes, your passion. Because over the years... All, my entire adult life, I felt such love from you, and uh, you're more than just fans, you're family. Now, well, they, you grew up with us. I mean, we're still. Not, we're still growing up too, but you guys grew up with us, and so it's an amazing thing to be part of so many people's childhood. So, and to be a toy at the same time. So, thank you for playing with me when I'm plastic. So, uh, Honestly, uh, and I know that we've said thank you a lot to you guys, but I just need to say it one more time uh, on behalf of, of Kathy and myself and to everyone who's watching uh, who's not here. We cannot thank you enough. Uh, the, uh, the energy that you guys are uh, throwing our way is evidence of the force, and we couldn't be more grateful. Um, and we want to show you uh, this is our second teaser, and uh, we're very excited for you to see it. We hope you like it, uh, but mostly... Mostly, thank you so much for thank all you. of your support. Thank really appreciate it. Thank you.
father has it. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power too. Now pushing right along here, let's get into more news hot off the D-Wire, and I hope I just gave you that little bit of look back at what just happened here today at Star Wars Celebrations with The Force Awakens and that new teaser trailer. It gave me chills down my spine. Now, let's get right back into news hot off the D-Wire here, and let's talk about Walt Disney Records set to release the 2015 Radio Disney Music Awards album on April 21st. On Tuesday, April 21st, Walt Disney Records is going to release a compilation album of 15 tracks, nominees, and nominated songs for the 2015 Radio Disney Music Awards, music's biggest event for families. Now, the album is going to include many hits, all about that bass from Megan, as well as Problem by Ariana Grande and many others. Now, these are some fantastic songs that many people, if you have tweens and teens, you know these songs as well, including The Heart Wants What It Wants by Selena Gomez and Really Don't Care by Demi Lovato. Now, the 2015 Radio Disney Music Awards is the biggest event set up for families, and it's set for Saturday, April 25th at the Nokia Theater in Los Angeles. Now, the show is going to feature performances by some of the biggest artists in music and presentations by many other people in the Disney community. Now, they are going to get the Arties, which are the Radio Disney Music Awards statuette winners that are voted on by fans. Now, it's a 90-minute televised special. Disney Channel presents the Radio Disney Music Awards and a 30-minute pre-show including red carpet arrivals, and this is going to be presented on Sunday, April 26th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, many of the highlights will also be telecast and presented on Disney Channel around the world. Now, this is going to be hosted by many favorite stars on the Disney Channel, and many of your tweens, your teens, and your younger kids, they will enjoy this. But the official soundtrack for the Radio Disney Music Awards is coming out on April 21st, and like I said, there's a lot of different tracks here, including Nick Jonas, Fifth Harmony, R5, Becky G, Sabrina Carpenter, so many people on this list. So definitely check it out. If you want to get yours, you can visit Facebook. Facebook.com slash Disney Music or DisneyMusicStore.com. Now, since we are talking about Star Wars celebrations and Star Wars altogether, how about fangirls finding all new Star Wars fashion collection as her universe returns to the Star Wars celebration this week in Anaheim, California? Yes, Star Wars celebration in Anaheim, California that did kick off today and runs all the way through the 19th is going to bring fans of all ages together to celebrate their favorite universe, Star Wars. As, <laughs> let me tell you, all the clips that we just said, we already know that that is happening. And her universe is a groundbreaking sci-fi fashion for girls that everybody knows from Ashley Eckstein. Now she's going to have all new items that are available only at Star Wars Celebrations right now. Now they are going to have a variety of different things including new dresses, skirts, cardigans, tees, tunics, plus 
exclusive Ahsoka Lives exclusive tee to the Celebration fans. Now, these are all different great things that they are going to have. Now, Ashley Eckstein is the founder of her universe, and she is very well known to everybody in the Star Wars universe as well as voice acting. Many of you who don't know who she is in the Star Wars universe, shame on you, but you may know that she was in also shows like That's So Raven and many others as well. Now, as she has officially released, Star Wars Celebration is finally here. This is one of my favorite fan events, and we have been busy planning and designing unique shopping and community experience, Ashley Eckstein has officially stated. We have a brand new fashion collection for women and girls, including extended size range, plus dressing rooms to try everything on while at the event. Also, I wouldn't live up to my nickname, the Cupcake Lady, if I didn't bring cupcakes. There will be an exclusive cupcake available for sale at our booth every day, but there will only be 150 of these delicious Star Wars themed treats per day, so get yours before they sell out. Now, as she mentioned, they are going to have some fantastic things for her universe, including her universe for little girls, and her universe is continuing to impress with great things, including the Salacious Crumbs Bake Shop with these cupcakes. Now, if you want to find out more about this, the exclusive items that she is having there, and many others, just visit heruniverse.com, or if you're at Sour Celebrations, maybe you've already tried one of these tasty treats. Now, moving aside from the Star Wars side, the fantasy side, let's get into Disney, the company. And how about the Walt Disney Company investing in young Native American leaders with a $250,000 commitment to the American Indian College Fund? Now, the American Indian College Fund announced that the Walt Disney Company has committed over $250,000 to create the Walt Disney Company American Indian College Fund Scholarship Program. It's a mouthful, but definitely a good cause. The program will provide Native American and Alaskan Native students who have the financial need with multi-year support to attend tribal colleges and universities nationwide. Now, the donation was announced at the American Indian College Fund's 25th anniversary gala in Los Angeles this week, with support also in the 20 and 25 capital campaign to expand the College Fund student initiatives, including professional development, networking opportunities, internship programming, and a new scholar and alumni program. Now, their official statement has been released, and it states, The College Fund is an honored to be the first American Indian organization to team with the Walt Disney Company on their implementation of a scholarship program for Native American students, said Cheryl Crazy Bull, president and CEO of the American Indian College Fund. Collaborations like this help dreams come true and allow our students to experience a little of the magic that is Disney. Now, the Walt Disney Company complemented that by stating, when we looked at the American Indian College Fund, we saw not only an organization doing important work, but one that benefits all tribes and educates future leaders and storytellers, said Paul Richardson, Chief Diversity Officer of the Walt Disney Company. Their mission aligns with our commitment to inclusion, celebration, and growth to all people of all backgrounds. Well, the Walt Disney Company now investing with an all-new scholarship program, $250,000, the Young Native American Leaders for the American Indian College Fund. If you want to find out more about this, you can visit collegefund.org. Now, continuing on, let's get back into movies here, and how about nominees for the 16th Annual Golden Trailer Awards revealed this week? That's right, the Golden Trailer Awards is the entertainment industry's best and most fun-filled celebration devoted to the most outstanding achievements in motion picture and television marketing and it announced this week the nominees for the 16th annual competition. Now, the Golden Trailer Awards are fantastic. Come on, what's the one thing that gets every fan pumped up? 
trailers, teasers, commercials. Come on, we just played the second teaser for Star Wars The Force Awakens, right? I mean, they do their job. And now there has been a lot of them, but Universal Pictures led this year's count with a total 44 nominations, including Furious 7, Jurassic World, Minions, Unbroken, Ted 2, and many others. But Disney has not been left out. That's right, they have Tomorrowland, Avengers Age of Ultron, Big Hero 6, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, among many others. Now they have a variety of these, and I'm not going to go through and list them all, because there is a lot of nominations, divisions, and whatnot, but there are six new categories for 2015, including Best Teaser, Best Original Score for the TV Spot, Best Billboard, Best Fantasy Adventure Poster, Best Trailer for a TV Series and Miniseries, and Best Fantasy Adventure TV Spot. Now, 19 of the top honors are presented live on stage with the show, which routinely sells out and draws heavy industry crowds for studio and networking marketing executives. Now, if you want to find out more about this and the Golden Trailer Award, maybe this is your first time hearing about it. I myself, I love trailers. I think they're fantastic. You can find out more at goldentrailer.com. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into Disney's Diamond Celebration, the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. Yes, and how about Disneyland Diamond Day Sweepstakes is going to be giving away diamonds, stays in the Disneyland Dream Suite, and daily prizes during the Dazzling Diamond Celebration. Now, imagine winning a Disney diamond or a Cinderella glass slipper or enjoying a private excursion and dinner in Disneyland Park or California Adventure. Now, these are some of the new prizes that are going to be awarded to some lucky guests during the Disneyland Diamond Day Sweepstakes, part of Disneyland Resort's Diamond Celebration that kicks off on May 22nd. 2015. Now celebrating the 60th anniversary, Disneyland Diamond Days is an exciting sweepstakes in which daily prizes are being awarded to some Disneyland Resort visitors as part of the celebration. Now each daily prize package for that day includes individualized tours of the parks, some preferred access to select attractions, dining and VIP environments in all new nighttime spectaculars, and many others including sleeping, in a wonderful dream suite, getting exclusive Disney diamonds, as well as a Cinderella glass slipper. Now, the Disneyland Dream Suite is a magical private apartment located above Pirates of the Caribbean attraction in New Orleans Square, and you can win to stay there. Now, there's a lot of other things here. I mean, they have so many things they're going to be doing as part of this official kickoff for the 60th anniversary for Disneyland, kicking off on May 22nd. Now, there is no purchase necessary except, yes, you probably want to be at the park, because that's where they're going to be picking everybody. But they are going to have some online contests as well. So fear not, if you can't make it to Disneyland, you won't be left out. Now they are going to have many things. Like I said, you're going to be able to join Mickey Mouse as he you know, goes down Main Street USA, getting exclusive ride access, and many other things. Including weekly prizes, which is a clear crystal Cinderella slipper with a diamond topaz pendant that will go to one visitor each week. Now, there are going to be prizes getting released every single week, and this is officially kicking off with a 24-hour party from 6 a.m. Friday, May 22nd to 6 a.m. Saturday, May 23rd. If you want to find out more about this, just visit Disneyland.com slash Diamond Days to find out all the prizes and the sweepstakes and all the things that they're going to be doing. Now, like I said, D-Heads, we have a ton of news here hot off the D-Wire, so I'll give you a little bit more before I wrap it up here this week. 
And how about Adventures by Disney announcing the first ever river cruising itineraries? Yes, Adventures by Disney is a leader in guided group travels worldwide, and they announced this week the introduction of its first ever river cruising itineraries. The travel industry's premier luxury river cruise line has joined up with Disney and Adventures by Disney for river cruises, offering a new way for families to experience the heart of Europe in an all-new way that is active, immersive, and easy. Now, four sailings along the river in the summer of 2016, as well as one holiday-themed sailing in December of 2016, are going to give adventurous travelers the opportunity to experience iconic locations, hidden gems, and eight destinations across four countries, Germany, Australia, Slovakia, and Hungary. Now, combining the award-winning service and luxury of the waterways, the proven family travel expertise of Adventure by Disney, this new style of vacationing is going to deliver unmatched experience that is immersive, all-inclusive and hassle-free. Now, they are going to have some fantastic things like revisiting scenes from the movie The Sound of Music in Salzburg, exploring the Devon Castle, as well as taking traditional Australian folk dancing lessons in Melk. Now, the opportunities for exploration are endless in terms of what they're going to be offering, and the river cruises also offer maximum port time in each city, arriving at dawn and departing late at night. That means more time for travelers to discover the destinations through guided activities, tours, and explore many more. Now, eight Adventure by Disney guides on each sailing add to the already renowned crew of waterways, creating an unprecedented level of support for guests who want to explore this. Now, the official press release has stated celebrating 10 years in the family tourism industry, Adventures by Disney is always looking for new ways to deliver extraordinary vacation experiences that are both memorable and effortless for new guests, said Ken Potrock, Senior Vice President of Adventures by Disney. Recognizing the untapped potential and broadening appeal of the river cruising market, we worked with AMA Waterways to provide families with an immersive, personalized experience unlike anything we've done before. If you want to find out more about this, definitely visit Adventures by Disney. You can contact a travel agent or call 800-543-0865. I think it's going to be fantastic, and they're going to have a lot of fun things here. I mean, there are so many of them that I, mean, I, I can't even list it, but if you want to find out the full list, you can find it on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, there is a ton more news on the horizon. You know, I already jumped in. I gave you some clips from Star Wars Celebration, but let's just say there's, there's the all-new Boathouse on Downtown Disney at the Landing, which is soon becoming Disney Springs. You have the Boathouse with great food, waterfront dining, and dreamboats located in the heart of Downtown Disney. There's also songs and songwriters showcased at the Los Angeles Children's Chorus Gala, as well as all new exclusives coming from Hallmark Ornaments and many others. So, but we only have so much time here this week. So, if you want to find out more about those, visit our official website at DizRadio.com. Definitely check out our website. You can find more about all of these right there, as well as tune in next week because I will revisit it. We have a huge show here this week, so I do have to wrap it up here with news as we gear up for our special guest. More from the D team. So there is a ton of things. Like I said, we have Micheline Pitt, the creative director behind the magic of the Mary Blair collection stopping in, and more from the D team. Everybody has questions. Aaron has answers with I Want to Know. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have Nathan taking that look back at what just happened this week in Disney history. Later on in the show, we have the magical music review with Paige. We have Jason digging deep into the vault. And we have the latest from Disney Multimedia with Randy. 
and so much more. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DVC-Rental.com is the official sponsor of Diz Radio. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation and just by purchasing those unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And staying at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom Lodge, and more, and use that money on what else? Souvenirs. Just check them out and save up to 60% on your next trip through dvc-rental.com the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, like I said, there's news I'm not even touching base on, and part of that is because I was a Star Wars geek and had to bring you that coverage as well. So let's just release the reins to the D-team. We have more things on the horizon, lots of fun. So let's leave you with a little bit of a mashup, something looking back at some great classic Disney songs, and, you know, later on I will be back with the creative director from Pin of Girl Clothing, Micheline Pitt. So take it away, team, and I'll be back, let all of you go, D-heads. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn away and slam the door Till as old as time True as it can be Both a little scared Neither one prepared Beauty and the beast Ever just the same Ever a surprise Ever as before Ever just as sure As the sun rise You think you own whatever land you land on The earth is just a dead thing you can claim Has a spirit, has a name Who is that girl I see Staring straight back at me I will go most anywhere To find where I belong Can you feel the love tonight?
Edwards from Newsies, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Disney Nature invites you to meet Maya. And her very curious newborn, Kip. They're playful, adventurous, and facing the world together. But now, unexpected trouble will put them in danger. And Maya and her family will need a new place to call home. This Earth Day, join their brave journey from the real jungle to the urban jungle. And discover, no matter where you live, what makes somewhere home is family. Disney Nature's Monkey Kingdom. See Monkey Kingdom opening week, and Disney Nature will make a donation in your honor to Conservation International. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Please excuse my voice this week. I think allergies is about to get the best of me. Hope everyone had a great Easter. The virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Maria Kozlinski. And she writes, Diz Radio and Aaron, my question is about the Mickey Mouse Club of the 70s. How long did that edition run? Did anyone go on to bigger things? Is there any music or lunchboxes or anything from it? Did they do any specials? Thank you in advance. Well, in 1977, Walt Disney Productions revived the concept of the Mickey Mouse Club, but modernized the show cosmetically with a disco re-recording of the theme song and more ethnically diverse group of young cast members. The sets were brightly colored and simpler than the detailed black and white artwork of the original. The series debuted on January 17, 1977 on only 38 television stations, and by June, when the unsuccessful series was discontinued, 
Only about 70 stations in total had picked up the series. Additional stations picked up the canceled programs, which continued to run until January 12, 1979. 130 new episodes, with much of the original material repackaged and a bit of new footage added, and a shortened version of the theme song, were produced to start airing September 5, 1977. The series has not had more than token reruns, unlike its 1950s predecessor, while both the 1950s and 1990s series had DVD releases in July 2005, the 1970s series seems forgotten, except for our generation. Like the original, nearly each day's episode included a vintage cartoon, though usually in color from the late 1930s and onward. The 1977 Mouseketeers were part of the halftime show of Super Bowl XI. Serials were usually old Disney movies cut into segments for twice weekly inclusion. Movies included Third Man on the Mountain, The Misadventures of Merlin Jones, and its sequel The Monkey's Uncle, Emil and the Detectives, which is retitled The Three Screaks, Tonko, which is retitled A Horse Called Comanche, The Horse Without a Head, and Toby Tyler. In addition, one original serial was produced, the Mystery of Rustler's Cave, starring Kim Richards and Robbie Rist. The theme days, the theme days were, on Mondays, Who, What, Why, Where, When, and How, Tuesday, Let's Go, Wednesday, Surprise, Thursday, Discovery, and Friday, Showtimes at Disneyland, which had performers usually at the Plaza Gardens. The show's most notable alumnus was Lisa Welchel, who later starred in the NBC television sitcom The Facts of Life as Blair, then becoming a well-known Christian author, and then most recently, overall runner-up and winner of the $100,000 Viewer's Choice Award on the fall 2012 season of the CBS television reality series Survivor. Mouseketeer Julie Pikarski also appeared with Lisa on the first season of The Facts of Life. Kelly Parsons went on to become a beauty queen and runner-up to Miss USA. And Mouseketeer Mindy Feldman is the sister of Corey Feldman. A soundtrack album was released with the show, and I also remember them releasing lunchboxes and coloring books. Well, our next question is from Lincoln J. of New York, and he writes, Hey, Disney Podcast. Great show and just discovered it recently. I figured you would be the people to ask. Disney's Typhoon Lagoon is a favorite of mine. What were some of the main attractions when it opened? Also, is there a soundtrack for the park, and how many times does a giant wave come in a day or hour? Your friend and new listener. Well, I love the backstory that goes with this water park. The park, which opened on June 1, 1989, is home to one of the world's largest outdoor wave pools. The theme of the park is the Disney legend of a typhoon that wrecked havoc upon a formerly pristine tropical paradise. Ships, fishing gear, and surfboards were strewn about where the storm flung them. The centerpiece of the park is Miss Tilly, a shrimp boat impaled upon a mountain named Mount Mayday. Which erupts, every, which erupts with a 50-foot geyser of water every half hour, right before the bells of the watch sound on Miss Tilly. Typhoon Lagoon's mascot, mascot is Laguna Gator, 
and he is related to Blizzard Beach's mascot, Ice Gator. The main opening day attractions were the Wave Pool, Castaway Creek, or as I call it, the Lazy River, Ketchikitty Creek, which was the kid area, Keel Hall Falls Raft Ride, Gangplank Falls, which is the family raft, Mayday Falls Raft Ride, Humunga Cowabunga Speed Slide, Storm Slides Body Slide, Shark Reef Saltwater Snorkeling, and Typhoon Waterworks, which has different special water effects. Typhoon Lagoon has two different sound loops that they play, one in Singapore Sal area, and one in the Wave Pool area in Castaway Creek. They play some of the great surfer and beach songs from the Beach Boys, Jan Dean, and Jimmy Buffett. Now for the Wave Pool. It's approximately 2.5 acres in size with 3 million gallons of water and 80,000 gallons are used for each wave. The Typhoon Lagoon Surf Pool uses a machine to generate an approximately 6 foot tall wave every 90 seconds with periods of calm between the waves. It features 90 consecutive minutes of these 6 foot waves spaced 90 seconds apart followed by 30 minutes of bobbing waves and calmer water. I love this water park but I still miss River Country. Well our final question from is from Todd and he writes Aaron your segment is one of my faves. Many years ago Disney released a DVD with some of Walt's old men on it. I don't know the name of it and I can't find it. Can you help? I think it was a documentary of sorts. Well, I think the movie that you're referring to is called Frank and Ollie. The film primarily consists of Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston's anecdotes of their career as animators during their long tenure at Walt Disney Studios, beginning with their hiring a couple of years before their release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They talk about the successes and difficulties of the Walt Disney Studios throughout their careers including the production of Disney's early works such as Pinocchio and Fantasia, decrease in business due to World War II, the unexpected death of Walt Disney in 1966, and the importance of the Jungle Book success in 1967. These anecdotes are punctuated by archival footage from various Disney films, as well as interviews with contemporary Disney animators, animation historians, interviews with Frank and Ollie's wives. Footage of Frank and Ollie's daily lives at their nearby homes in La Canada, Flint Ridge, California is also featured. Periodically in the film, Frank or Ollie will act out or describe a scene from a Disney film that they animated, and then show the scene from the film. This demonstrates the importance of acting in animation. Some of their anecdotes were also about how other animators did their scenes. The film also talks about Disney's Nine Old Men, Ollie Johnson's beloved model train, and the book Disney Animation, The Illusion of Life, written by Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, also features prominently in the film. The film was very obscure, having received a limited theatrical and VHS release. However, in 2003, the film was released on a special edition DVD, including such features as commentary, 5.1 Dolby Digital Surround, 
a behind-the-scenes featurette footage of Frank and Ollie's very first animations made at Disney, and some of Frank and Ollie's home movies, as well as some scenes of Ollie's live steam train, and excerpts from Disney TV shows. I'll need to look this one up myself. It sounds very interesting. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. And I think it also about concludes my voice for the day. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, Diaz. You know, Walt Disney once set up Disneyland. It will never be completed as long as there is imagination left in the world. And that holds true for Walt Disney World as well. There are always new and exciting dreams being turned into reality around here. Walt believed in keeping guests informed with his many progress reports on his weekly ABC series. And now in that tradition, this Christmas, we'd like to take you on a little progress report of Walt Disney World. So grab your hard hats, because there's an awful lot of construction going on around here. Let's get started right now, okay? Tinkerbell, a little magic, please. We're on board the beautiful Empress Lily Riverboat, which will serve as the anchor for six acres of fantastic adventures. Right over there is Pleasure Island, or at least that will be Pleasure Island in the middle of next year. Legend has it that a sailmaking empire once stood here, but now Disney Imagineers are hard at work restoring this abandoned waterfront into an adventure-filled island brimming with wondrous creations. Like one-of-a-kind nightclubs with entertainment as far-flung as outrageous comedy and magic, the country and western, the 50s and 60s music, jazz, and more. There are fantastic eateries, markets filled with treasures from around the world, and even a rock and roller rink for land lovers and sailors alike to enjoy. And it's all happening right here at Pleasure Island. Huh? Now, for a really big splash, take a bell. Take a bell. I'm sitting here in the middle of this 56-acre water park. Of course, it may not look like it now, but in early 1989, this place will be filled with water here at Typhoon Lagoon. Nine twisting and turning water slides and roaring streams up to 400 feet long, rushing down a volcanic mountain will be just part of the fun. It's here that guests can loll in the sun or splash around on the best surf east of Hawaii, thanks to the world's largest wave-making machine. And for a real adventure, there's even snorkeling in a tropical reef, where you can come face-to-face -face with exotic fish and even shark! Get away! Get, get away! Nasty shark. I got it with my fin, though. Of course, if you'd like to relax a bit, welcome to the Grand Floridian Hotel. I'm five stories high in the turret of this magnificent waterfront paradise. For sheer romantic turn-of-the-century elegance, there's no other resort like this one. Take a journey back into the 19th century where it's life at a leisurely pace with all the modern conveniences, like a monorail station right beside the hotel's grand lobby and the most luxurious accommodations that Walt Disney World Resort has to offer. Hi now, for all of you explorers out there, here is a special treat for you. How'd you like to own one of these? This 50-foot ship was a gift to the people of the New World from Norway's Norseman's Federation. And right now, it sits in the Epcot Center World Showcase Lagoon. And right over there is Norway, the 11th member nation of the World Showcase. 
where you can hop aboard a Viking craft and sail down whitewater rapids through a mythical Norwegian forest populated by trolls and water spirits. And here's, here's the construction hat the guys wear over there as they work on Norway. Now, I'm just kidding, but it looks good, doesn't it? All right, here is a special look at the world in a new light. Right over there is World Showcase. And if you think it looks terrific now, here's a sneak peek at what will be going on there at night. Illuminations is now underway. Once completed, the World Showcase itself will serve as a backdrop for one of the most spectacular light shows imaginable. A breathtaking spectacle of music and lights, unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Okay, everybody, now hold on to your hats for the last and most exciting destination. Well, here I am, 130 feet in the air atop the Disney MGM Studio Earful Tower to tell you about an exciting new movie studio being built right here at Walt Disney World. When the gates open to guests in 1989, the Disney MGM Studios will give everyone the opportunity to really go behind the scenes and see how movies and TV shows are made. This incredible project includes a working studio where films and network TV shows are taped, animation facilities where you can see Disney animators working on future films, and a thrill-filled, one-of-a-kind ride through adventure that's guaranteed to knock your socks off. It's Hollywood in its heyday. It even includes a replica of the world-famous Man's Chinese Theater, where guests can relive great moments at the movies. As if that isn't enough, guests are also encouraged to volunteer and step in front of the camera to participate in the classic scenes from today's and yesterday's top TV shows. And who knows, while you're discovering the behind-the-scenes magic of the movies, you yourself may get discovered. Well, I hope you enjoyed our little progress report. There's always something new and exciting going on at Walt Disney World where the construction will never cease as long as there are creative ideas left in the world. Because after all, this is the place where dreams come true. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. With Earth Day coming up this month, you can be sure there will be special things to do at Animal Kingdom and Epcot. Three of the new specialty gardens at the Flower and Garden Festival are sure to spark your inspiration for a lovely at-home garden. So make sure to stop by Nature Rocks, the Backyard Habitat, and the Purple Martins to check it out. At the Seas with Nemo and Friends, learn more about ocean conservation and creatures on April 22nd. And stop by the Festival Center at Animal Kingdom to talk with Animal Kingdom specialists about nature and conservation between the 17th and 19th. There will also be special kids' activity booklets by the Monkey Kingdom Sand Sculpture. If you're looking forward to Disney Park special events like Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party or the Very Merry Christmas Party, we're happy to announce that tickets are now officially on sale. And we hear they're planning a whole new show for the Halloween Party this year. Tickets are also available for the Night of Joy in September. To order, check out DisneyWorld.com or call 407 W. Disney. If you're planning to attend to Star Wars Weekend this spring or summer, there's a new Feel the Force premium package available. The package includes special reserve seating for Legends of the Force Star Wars Celebrity Motorcade with snacks and soft drinks, as well as attendance to the Symphony in the Stars Fireworks Dessert Party, which includes great seats, a selection of desserts, and alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages. Sign me up! 
Other big Star Wars weekend news is that Frank Oz will be a celebrity guest for the weekend of June 12th through the 14th. If you're a Yoda fan, you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Good morning, Professor. What are you doing today? I'll try one more experiment, then I've got to have it made. I'll activate the rheostat, 2000 centigrade. I'll integrate component H, accelerate the phase. Now it's time to throw the switch 10 million gamma rays. Two million? Four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? I found it! He's found it! The professor? Yes? What is it? What is it? Yes, what is it? Why? It's Flubber! Flubber? It's a dream unfurled. Flubber! Flubber! We'll get you out of this world. It's the greatest. The greatest! It's a boon oh, to man. If nothing else will do it. Ah, <laughs> Flubber can. Flubber makes you fly. Flubber makes you flip. Flubber makes you feel like a human rocket ship. Flubber makes you leap and bounce and more. It gives you a lift <laughs> like you've never had before. I found it. La, la, la. It's a dream unfurled. Flubber. Flubber. We'll get you out of this world. It's the greatest. Ooh. It's a boon oh, to man. If nothing else will do it. Oh, Flubber can. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. Branching off of that, let's begin. Starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1928, when actor James Garner, the voice of Commander Lyle Tiberius Rourke in Disney's 2001 animated release Atlantis The Lost Empire, was born in Norman, Oklahoma. In 1929, Nigel Hawthorne, the voice of Professor Porter in Disney's 99 film Tarzan, is born in Coventry, England. In 1930, singer Mary Costa, the voice of Princess Aurora and Briar Rose in Disney's 59 animated feature Sleeping Beauty, is born in Knoxville, Tennessee. In 1934, actor and impressionist Frank Gorshin is born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He played the role of Iggy the Bank Robber in Disney's 65 live-action film That Darn Cat. And also fans of the 1960s series Batman on TV will remember him as the Riddler. In 1939, Disney's final Silly Symphony cartoon, The Ugly Duckling, is released. In 1941, original Masketeer Darlene Gillespie is born in Montreal, Canada. In 1956, at Disneyland, the Bathroom of the Future, later known as the Bathroom of Tomorrow, presented by the Crane Company, opens in Tomorrowland. Moving on to 1965, at the 37th Academy Awards, Julie Andrews wins an Oscar for Best Actress for her role in the Disney film Mary Poppins. 
1992, Beauty and the Beast live on stage began performances at the Videop- sorry, Videopolis stage in Disneyland. A similar show to the one that's already running at Disney MGM Florida, it will officially open the following day and run for over three years and serve as a development platform for an adaptation of the animated film for Broadway. In 1995, Walt Disney's sister Ruth, who is the youngest in the family, passes away at the age of 91. In 1997, Captain EO, which is a 3D sci-fi fantasy musical movie starring Michael Jackson, closes at Disneyland. And also in 1997, going back quite a ways, Disney's Mighty Ducks the Movie, the first face-off, which was an animated film, is released direct-to-video. A compilation of three episodes from the animated hit television series The Mighty Ducks, the animated series, it features the voices of Jim Belushi, Tim Curry, April Winchell, Tony Jay, and Dennis Franz. In 2006, Disney World's biggest attraction ride yet, Expedition Everest, which is a 20-story white-knuckle roller coaster spin, officially opens in Animal Kingdom. In 2009, Walt Disney Pictures releases Hannah Montana the Movie, starring Miley Cyrus. In 2010, voice actor Eddie Carroll, who took over the role of Jiminy Cricket in 1973 after the death of the original voice Cliff Edwards in 71, passes away at the age of 76 years old. In 2012, the world premiere of The Avengers is held at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, California. In 2013, actress, singer, and Disney legend Annette Joanne Funicello passes away at the age of 70. And we finish this week in Disney history D-Heads with 2014, when the 50th anniversary of It's a Small World is celebrated across all the Disney parks. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something that maybe you didn't know. Have a great week, and see you real soon.
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are ones that are uh, in your everyday closet, ones that are inspired by many people that have influenced many of us within the Disney company and other places. And especially for all of you women out there, how ironic that I'm the one doing this interview. But we have none other than Micheline Pitt, who is the creative director of Pinup Girl Clothing here with us, who is uh, behind many different things, including the Mary Blair collection. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It is our pleasure having you on. I guess before we jump into the Mary Blair collection, because she is no stranger to any Disney fan, I guess Pinup Girl clothing, uh, it's something that uh, is unique, different, and of course made in America. So if you'd like to elaborate a little bit more about that so our listeners get familiar with uh, who Pinup Girl clothing is. Of course. Um, we've been around for 16 years online, kind of when the internet started. And we've been making women's clothing in sizes extra small to 4X um, that entire time. And we do make everything here in Los Angeles ethically. The company is owned and operated and founded by a woman named Laura Burns. And most of our company is actually all females. She still owns and operates the business. And it's kind of a unique entity because we are like a mom and pop company. We're not owned by any big conglomerate. Um, and we, we kind of are doing stuff old school in, in a sense. I think that's why the Mary Blair thing kind of made sense for us, you know, for vintage Disney fans know that when they would go to the park and, and buy trinkets at the stores, they were usually made locally in California or somewhere in America. And we kind of hearken back to that with doing this collaboration. Well, you know, and with that being made in America, too, and like you said, being a mom and pop of sorts kind of place, you know, that brings it back to, you know, American made, which, you know, come on, if you're going to support a company, you always want to support a fully 100 percent American made company. As much as you can. I mean, unfortunately, there's not as many options for American made products as there used to be. That's definitely something that people are very aware of when they're making purchases now. I mean, that's why our price point or higher than something you would get at like a fast fashion store or like an H&M, a Forever 21, which are being made in third world countries. Um, and, you know, certain companies still do American-made garments, and they are more expensive. Um, but I feel like our price points are still really attainable for anyone um, however, it, this stuff's really made to last. Definitely. Well, you know, and with that, with the clothing, you know, and of course, like I said, how ironic that, uh, you know, being, being a male is the one doing this interview instead of somebody else from my team. But, you know, uh, I, I'm familiar having, you know, three women in my family and a team that's comprised of half women. But the pinup girl, uh, you know, clothing when you guys have announced the magic of the Mary Blair collection. Now, she is no stranger to any Disney fan from her work at the parks and Small World and inside the contemporary resort I guess what really sparked this initial concept to create something using artwork you know and that was inspired by her style well I used to be an animator for a living I actually dreamed of working for Disney since I was a little girl and I worked for Cartoon Network and a couple other um, stations and production companies over the years and then kind of transitioned into fashion because I also loved clothes being a girl and it kind okay. of just happened. So I'm really into textile design. Um, even though being the creative director, I still get to paint and draw and kind of create things for the company. And the dream since I came on with them eight years ago was for us to do a line with Disney and kind of bring back that old school 
feel and vibe and, and all those true hardcore vintage Disney fans who love the art, who love the history and the con- concept art that turned their favorite films and their favorite park into what it is today. Now, because we are smaller and we're not a big company, we haven't been able to, to wrangle that horse. So when the opportunity arose after me going to the Walt Disney Family Museum and, and getting to know the people there um, and them kind of knowing the company I work for, they actually um, connected us directly to the Mary Blair estate because I'm a huge Mary Blair fan. I mean, she was one of the most iconic women in the art animation world. And, and still to this day, she was groundbreaking. She was one of the first women to be treated as an equal, as a man, get paid the same wages. She's one of the only artists that Walt let sign her work. The little-known fact, the Walt Disney Company actually has to pay licensing to the Blair Estate because she was allowed to sign all of her work. And um, he respected her on such an intense level and saw her talent. And she was just someone who girls and women and myself still idolize and look up to today. Her artwork is timeless. Her style is timeless. It's beautiful. And it makes for the most fantastic and whimsical fabric uh, design. So, you know, I pitched this whole concept to the family a little over a year ago. And we it took time to kind of process everything. And then we took all of her original art and, and made it work for fabric and made it work for clothes. So that's kind of where all this kind of came to fruition and, and how this all happened. Well, you know, and like you said, she was a pioneer of her era. I mean, we just recently had Rolly Crump on and he had nothing but just fantastic things to say about her. And, you know, with this collection and interpreting her artwork, I guess working with the family. Now, you know, because much of it is inspired by her other style, not necessarily her Disney items, but her other artwork, which opens up a whole new window. Is there any, I guess, direction or pieces from her from her collection that really Really inspired you that really wanted to push you in that direction? Well, I mean, no matter how you look at it, all of Mary's, Mary Blair's work, her personal stuff looks like Disney because that was her style. You know, she created a unique style that she always had. And she got to share that with Disney. She got to share that with the things she worked on and collaborated with them and, and other companies. Because when she left, she was working for some of the biggest companies in the world, creating uh, uh, art and, and logos and designs. So, you know, when we got uh, access to her personal archive with the family, um, the pieces that we chose, my personal favorite is there's a Lip and Roses print that she did for a line of silk scarves that she released, I believe, in the early 50s, late 40s. And the artwork on them is just absolutely beautiful, really unique colors. I mean, that's her style. She puts unexpected colors together and they just work beautifully. So we took that scarf design and I, I took it apart, redrew it on the computer, restructured it. Um, I had to redraw her signature because there wasn't like a really high res scan because, you know, we're just dealing with original art here. And um, we developed that pattern. And that one's my personal favorite. I know one that also comes in that scarf collection that our fans are freaking out about um, and customers are excited about is there's a train print that she did. And it's so cute. And I think there's young moms that want it. There's people that, you know, are love Disney and they're like, oh, trains, because Walt loved trains. So they kind of put those two to two together. Um, so those are probably the two that stand out the most, in my opinion, as being super icon- iconic and just really stylized 
And I think that anyone who's a fan of her work with Disney will see that. And then the mother and child print that was a private painting that she did for herself looks like it's a small world. Not the same. I mean, it's very gestural. It's not like real people. But the style, you can see that. You can see that style, that mosaic art style that she had. Well, you know, and it's funny that you bring up about that train because, you know, many people that I've talked to, many women I've talked to about this collection since we posted it, you know, on our website and our newsletters as well about it. There's something where everybody says that draws them into that Disneyland style along with the belt and the colors and the bright yellow. It just gives them that, uh, you know, that really spring fun vintage feel to it. Now, with these and with this collection, having that vintage style, that very, uh, I guess, poofiness to it, that's going to bring us to other things that you guys are involved in um, at the Disney parks, even with like Dapper Day and items like that. Now, with that, do you feel that this collection and many others just really fall into place with that? Oh, absolutely. We actually had a booth at Dapper Day, and we were so busy, our girls barely got to take a break. Um, So many of the people that attend Dapper Day have already been shopping with us since that day kind of came into the light and everyone started going they were already shopping with us because we do specialize in vintage inspired clothing so everything we have kind of has a hint to the 40s and the 50s and the 60s but it's not an exact reproduction so it is modernized slightly and it the fit definitely is modernized and um that was already happening so when we did this last dapper day we showcased a couple of the samples there at our booth and allowed people to see them up close and people like there was girls that were crying which i was really surprised (laughs) to hear about because they were just so happy and excited because she's like their favorite artist and you know she created the feel and the look and the color palettes of some of their favorite films as children so i think knowing that they can own something and wear her art like was just really so amazing to them and it's kind of like an untapped thought of like wearing artwork and no one thinks about that when they buy clothes like you're wearing art and that's how we really feel and think about all of our textile designs and um, we actually do a big day at uh, Disneyland here it's going to be at the end of the month called Pinup Parade in the Park and we had over a thousand people come to the last one we do it twice a year and it's just where our customers come out on a day and we all get dressed up, you know, kind of vintage e, and then some of them Disney bound as their favorite characters and, you know, concepts in the park wearing our clothing. And it's a really fun event. And um, it's just an outside thing that we do. And, and uh, it's growing. And it's been really great. Well, you know, and something like that, too, like you said, it keeps growing, you know, and it shows from the photographs that you guys have on Facebook and many other for that pinup parade in the park. But, you know, touching base upon what you said is wearing artwork and wearing, you know, something that is truly inspired by artwork. It's not just clothing, it's artwork. And with that, you know, working with, you know, Mary Blair's family and the entire estate, what was it like working with them? I mean, did they have a lot of input or pieces that they felt were just their favorites? And what was it like working with them? When we met with them, we flew up to San Francisco and had a private meeting with them. I had already drawn out exactly what some of these pieces are to the T. Because I had her books. I already saw a lot of the pieces that went to the exhibit. So I saw everything. And I, I saw her personal work. And I was like, this, 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 this. I made notes. I took, you know, had photos in the books. And I went to the meeting already having more than half of the line designs. And I went to the meeting showing them our pre-existing collaborations and pre-existing um, textiles that we created in-house that really kind of shows that whimsical art feel. And they completely trusted us. 
100%. When they saw the drawings and they saw the concepts and they saw the pieces and the quality and they met with us, it was just, they were so excited. And it was the easiest collaboration that I've ever had experienced in any field. The, the family was wonderful to work with and just so excited and so happy. And um, they're actually going to be attending. We're having a release party at the end of the month at our boutique in Burbank. And the family um, is actually going to be there. And uh, we're going to be having the entire collection. We'll have some stuff about Mary there. We'll have some of her books. And they've just been absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, and with that, too, like you said, since she is uh, somewhat of a hero of yours, you know, there's something that truly inspired you and in your career and your direction. Um, you know, with this line, are there any of the dresses that seem to be the, you know, besides just your favorites or ones that everyone like, is there one that was kind of the underdog favorite that you didn't realize how popular that one would be? You know, it's funny. The commuter's print. It's the one that we've been using on some of the ads. It, it, when the minute people saw that dress, they freaked out. We had so many wait lists, so many people talking about it. And it's this painting that she did of people commuting, like on a train or a bus and just sitting there in these like interesting shapes. And, um, we turned it into a border print on, a, on one of our classic styles called the Jenny dress and we used it on the Jenny skirt. I didn't think people would be that into it. I, I figured they would go for the more brighter, colorful pieces, but that one totally became one of the most popular pieces in the line. Well, you know, I think the illustration and the, you know, illustrative style of that too, you know, like you said, many people want the brighter colors, but with those more subdued colors and something that's just more illustrative, it really does add that essence to it and i i almost feel really captures like the uh, the quieter side of mary oh absolutely i mean there were so many pieces of her artwork that we haven't even touched that we could do a second collection next year which obviously you know so long as the family likes their experience with us and you know want to continue the working relationship we have more ideas and more things that we could do for next spring um but there were pieces and paintings of hers that were so detailed and so hyper-realistic, which you wouldn't expect Mary to have realism paintings and artwork, but she did. That's how she started. Um, are too detailed for us to actually use for fabric and textile printing. So there there were some pieces that were just absolutely, like, beautiful. And I wouldn't even be able to begin putting them into print form because there's so many colors. Very cool. Well, you know, we know you have so many different things on the horizon, many busy schedules as we've been trying to connect up for so long. But, you know, spring is here, you know, bright colors. I think, you know, the magic of the Mary Blair collection just is something that I think many women out there will really enjoy. Uh, like you said, it, it's wearable art. So in with that, is there anything that you'd like to leave out there for anybody who maybe is being introduced to Mary for the first time? Maybe they aren't that long a long-standing Disney fan, and this is something that's completely new to them, and they're just getting to know who she is. Well, I think any girl, any woman out there has to think about our future, and we have to think about where we're going to go and how we're going to grow and how this woman had the same respect and rights and equality at her career level as men. And she was groundbreaking for that. She was respected and loved by everyone she worked with. And to be able to support a woman who was influential for our future, but was also incredibly talented, I think speaks so greatly. And, and I hope that people will actually look beyond just her art and see what she actually did for us and how she's kind of laid the grounds for our future. 
and will not only enjoy her artwork, but also know that they're they're standing up and saying that this woman did something for us. And what's also great is, unlike a lot of other companies, we do offer extent, like larger sizes. We go up to 4X. We showcase our clothing on real plus-size women, women of all shapes and sizes. And it really is for every woman. Well, you know, and with that, I think that's one of those things, like you said, it is for everybody to embrace, everybody to love, and everybody to, you know, feel that sense of elegance with wearing these collections. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in. Everybody can find out more about this at pinupgirlclothing.com. We also have links on our website. And, you know, it it was a pleasure having you stop in and chat with us. And I'm sure that uh, we're going to be seeing more about this, especially with your event coming up at the end of the month here. And, you know, maybe that, uh, I guess that next line for next year is uh, possibly in the work. So thanks once again for stopping in. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. Hey! is the Carousel Theater of Progress. Well, how do you do? <laughs> this is the Carousel Theater of Progress. In Act One, the audience meets an audio-animatronic family. The time is just before the turn of the century. Father, the host, tells the joys of living in the pre-electric era. Next, our audience moves to Act Two and the 1920s. Now the family has all kinds of new contraptions to make life more enjoyable, including a crystal radio. Then our audience moves to the fabulous 40s, the beginning of the electronic era and the age of television. The last act of the Carousel Theater shows the wonderful family life of today with its leisurely push-button living. Now let's go over to the full-scale set. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Confirmed. 
Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault. Spring has sprung, and I am so happy to see this finally happening. The cherry tree in the front is blooming, the peach tree in the back is in full bloom, although there are no bees, so I don't know if we'll have fruit, but you know what? The fruits of our labor and the fruits of the labor of those who love Disney will always prevail down here in the vault, and of course, on Disney On Demand. I'm very fortunate to bring something a little different in the vault. Normally, I'll be doing a DVD or Blu-ray review, but I want to bring something since we are celebrating the love and flair that is Mary Blair here this week. Which made me go into my own library and vault of sorts to look for a book that I treasure greatly. It is the 2003 hardback book by John Caremaker called The Art and Flair of Mary Blair. It is by far one of my favorite picture-slash-storybook-slash-true biographies of a woman whom I honestly look to as an inspiration in an art style and form. Mary Blair, of course, is the phenomenal artist that gave us so many memorable characters, believe it or not, and a lot of style that is still seen today throughout Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and all the Disney parks around the world, as well as animated classics we know, love, and cherish. We, of course, are familiar with many of the things that we have seen, Small World being the most recognizable within her career. But if it weren't for her stylings, Peter Pan would not be traveling through Neverland in the way he was. Dumbo and Bambi would not have the enjoyment of the animal life that they did, and Alice would definitely not look the same, even to the point of Sleeping Beauty. The joy and love that she puts into these childlike characters comes out vibrantly through John Caremaker's touching words of a woman definitely ahead of her time. Of course, you'll go through her early Disney years in the 1940s and 1950s. We do end late in her life as a freelance artist, and you will see that that touch never leaves, and that childlike nature never disappears when you look at anything that is associated with this amazing woman. So, normally I would tell you to watch something, and I would. If you want to watch the calculating ideas of Mary Blair, check out, of course, Peter Pan, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Dumbo, Bambi, many of the early classics. But if you want to truly understand the woman that is, at heart, the child within the art of Disney animation, check out this book, The Art and Flair of Mary Blair. Well, as I would normally say, the curtain's coming down and the popcorn's empty, but I believe that the hardcover pages are kindly coming to a close. So until again next time, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies and the literature in which it is inspired by is always deep inside of you.
best dreams for every girl and boy. Wondrous lands of make believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle is the entranceway to seven lands and more. Step inside our storybook, imagine what's in store. It's all pure magic, wrapped up in pixie dust. In pixie dust. Welcome to a place where dreams come true. an expert team to our laboratory to give us their opinions of Disney's DuckTales video game from Capcom. Yes! Awesome! You'll have exciting adventures helping Scrooge McDuck escape danger and become the richest duck in the world. Cool! Totally hot! Way radical, man! Excellent! It's a quacker! Oh! Disney's DuckTales game for your Nintendo Entertainment System by Capcom. Hello D-Heads and welcome to another segment called Disney Multimedia. 
My name is Randy Reeker, and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney Company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. I don't know about you, D-Heads, but this has been one of my favorite memories that I like to cherish and also refresh myself with the latest Disney cartoons. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, 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 know, I enjoy a cartoon flick here and there, especially my Disney um, Tailspin and, of course, Disney's DuckTales. This, these two favorite classics of mine, I can also resonate memories when I was growing up as a child and always remembering how I get ready for school in the early morning, have the TV play in the background, listening to the cartoon with uh, Scrooge McDuck with his uh, nephews, and of course the silly antics of Launchpad. Um, Launchpad will always get me chuckling and his crazy ideas and his crazy stunts of course. But, you know, it's, there's nothing like sitting down with on with my sister on the couch eating some popcorn on Saturday mornings and just enjoying the wonderful series that they had on Toon Disney. Of course, with uh, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, DuckTales, there's, um, there was Goof Troop, and so many different cartoons that I can list off that I remember watching as a kid. Now... Now, just recently, there has been more announcements going toward the smartphones. If you haven't really got the trend, that's where Disney's heading. They're going toward the smartphone uh, mobile communities where they can put that on their favorite games as well. Now, there's some people who may or may not want to play on the computer, but now it seems like they'll be rather playing on their smartphone. For me, being an iPhone user, I like to play games, especially Disney games, with my wife, especially like Disney Tums Tums, and of course this one is going to be out of my list of four to have. Disney DuckTales Remastered is a handcrafted, beautiful reimagined of one of the most cherished 8-bit titles of all time. Now go back to the golden ages of gaming, where now it's a refined of level to detail that will please the most hand hearted, devoted Disney or retro Capcom fan alike. Featuring hand-drawn animation, authentic Disney voice character talent, which who also reprise their roles from the original TV series with wonderful richly painted level backgrounds from the classic cartoon TV series. Now join Scrooge McDuck and his family to come to life like never before. The gameplay retains its original authentic 8-bit procedure. I mean, the color is rich with slight modifications to improve game flow and also design. Now, embark this wonderful authentic Disney DuckTales adventure as Scrooge McDuck and his three nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, travel to exotic, wonderful locations throughout the world as they request to retrieve the five legendary treasures. The levels also include the moon, the African mines, and so many other levels that you can play as well. That's Disney's DuckTales Remastered. Well, this is Randy signing off for your latest Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted to the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, woohoo! See you next time. Duck Tales, woo! Yeah. The fun never ever ends. Quack, quack! Duck Tales, woo! Quack, quack! They're my funny feather friends. Duck Tales, woo! Where's Webigail? We gotta get her back.
DuckTales love adventure. Huey, Louie, Dewey, and Webigail, too. DuckTales, Funny, feathered friends for you. DuckTales, There she is. Quack, 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 Have a DuckTale adventure, each sold separately from PlaySchool. It's a little novelty. It's a prayer for peace. We have to learn to live together and respect each other, or we're going to blow each other up. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Magical Music Review. This week, Jonathan is speaking with Michelin Pitt, a former animator and the creative director of the new Mary Blair collection at Pinup Girl Clothing. 
Among many Disney projects, one of Mary Blair's most well-remembered works is the character designs for the classic Disneyland attraction, It's a Small World. This song has seen many covers over the years on CD releases such as the Disney Mania CDs from the 2000s. On the release of Disney Mania 2, the Baja men took a swing at it, which resulted in the cover you hear now. I can recall this particular version playing around the Walt Disney World Resort for a few years. The cover I remember the most growing up was by Fan 3, released on Disney Mania 3. Using lay-in tracks from the original song, Fan 3 has turned the classic tune into a rap. A fun take on the song, I'll leave you to listen. Be back in a bit! The song for the original attraction was written by the Sherman Brothers when Walt premiered the attraction at the 1964 World's Fair. With the attraction originally entitled Children of the World, Bob and Dick wrote the song when Walt approached them about needing one song that could easily be translated into many languages and played as a round. When they first shared the song with Walt, it was sung as a slow ballad. When Walt requested something more cheerful, they sped up the tempo and sang in counterpoint, which delighted Walt so much that he renamed the attraction to match the title of the song. Take a listen and enjoy this gem of the Disney Music Library. Oh 
Well, that's all I have time for this week. Thanks for listening to the show, D-Heads. If you ever have any music-related questions or suggestions, drop me a line at page at disradio.com, or you can catch me on the D-Wire discussion page on Facebook. Enjoy the rest of your week, all. Until next time, D-Heads, see ya! It's a small world after all. No, no, anything but that. Hey, everybody. This is Lee Ehrenberg, Grumpy, from ABC's Once Upon a Time. You're listening to Disney On Demand. All right, LVD heads, I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It has been jam-packed. Coming back from spring break, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Pinup Girl Clothing, as we have Michelin Pitt stopping in, and it has been a fantastic ride. I know many of our female listeners out there, their children themselves, are really looking forward to the magic of the Mary Blair collection. And remember, you can always visit them at pinupgirlclothing.com, and thank you once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D team. That's right. Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, Jason, Paige, and Randy, all for stopping in here this week and sharing their signature segments with all of you D-heads. Remember to connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. They don't bite. In fact, they are waiting to hear from all of you D-heads. So all of you D-heads, with that said, we're back. We're in the midst of things, and we are getting ready because we have our five-year anniversary coming up here, and we have many other things. So before I let you know where we're going to set sail next week here at the show, for show number 108. I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, the latest podcasts, and our famous Lifetime of Disney player right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N. D-I-Z. And you can connect up with all of us, the D-Team, and more on Facebook as well in our D-Wire Disney discussion group right there on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can subscribe to our show on Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, and more. Just subscribing through Stitcher Radio and iTunes. Just search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand. All three will get you the latest shows, and you can subscribe right there. And remember, you can find all these links and more on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-heads, like I said, I am excited, I'm jazzed up, I'm rested, and uh, as you can tell, I've been talking pretty, pretty fast here. So next week for show number 108, as I mentioned, we're going to set sail. Yes, we're going to set sail. Summer is right there in our grasp, and everyone wants to set sail, hit the seven seas, and we're going to hit the seven seas as we're going to go down under to the set of Pirates of the Caribbean 5. That's right, we have none other than Mr. Gibbs himself, Kevin McNally stopping in here at the show. Kevin's going to stop in, talk with all of us live from the set of the Pirates of the Caribbean, the latest installment currently being filmed in Australia, and he's going to talk about a variety of different things from his career and what it's like being Gibbs in every Pirates film to date. So stay tuned for that one, all VD heads. With that said, as I always mention, as we get busy, it gets crazy, we get closer to summer, take that time, slow down, 
and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, take it easy. I'll see you online and have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.